Today we're going to be asking one simple question. What are you writing from your place of confinement on Soul Zero Two? And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is the podcast that's putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. And our vision is just to help people not only to find God, but to follow Him for uh, in a persevering manner and never quit. And uh, how many people have started out maybe on the journey and didn't, and in the middle of their journey, they quit or they stopped following Christ. And my goal is to help believers to, to have a foundation in Christ and to find Him. So what are you writing from your place of confinement? That's the question today that we want to talk about. And this message is a follow-up to a message that I did a few months ago about finding meaning in confinement. And when I spoke of that, um, uh, it was about kind of lessons you learn in captivity. And however, prison letters, which is what I'm really calling this, prison letters, are about what you write from your captivity. Not just what you learn, but what you're writing, what you're saying, what you're producing, what you're imparting to somebody else from your place of captivity. And Letters from Prison is about what Paul produced from prison when he wrote letters to the Ephesians, to the Philippians, to the Colossians, and to Philemon. Those are the four main letters that he wrote from prison. And if you read these letters, you would know this guy is a captive. You would know that he's confined and he's uh, you know, arrested, so to speak. And so here's my question. Uh, how does this apply for today? Well, I'm going to do this in two parts. Today, we're just going to kind of uh, talk about uh, what confinement feels like and, and what maybe God is after in it. But in the next part, we're going to talk about those four letters, what, what each letter, the lessons of each letter that he produced from prison. And so here, here's my question. What are you producing from your season of confinement? Uh, we have been in this COVID season for a long time now. And even though maybe you can go out, there's still this sense of exile, this sense of, of being bound uh, because so many things are shut down and you can't go here or there. And you almost feel like, like God has shut you in sometimes, don't you? And so describing this season of confinement can maybe be well, you know, it was well penned by R.C. Reese, when he described an eagle in captivity, he said, that noble bird soaring the highest above the clouds and enduring the longest flights sinks into despair when in a cage where it is forced to beat its helpless wings against its prison bars. And yet we find Paul in Ephesians, and we'll get into it you know, in the second part more in Ephesians, but just a scripture I'm going to throw at you. Ephesians 3.1, he says, This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ, for the, for the sake of you Gentiles. So do you notice that immediately Paul puts a spin on this thing, not a bad spin, but a good spin because he has God's perspective on this. Paul saw himself not as a prisoner of Caesar, but as a prisoner of Christ. He was in prison because of Caesar's edicts. But he's in prison because of what Christ wants to produce in that prison experience. What a way to look at it. What a way to view your place of confinement. And notice where these letters originated. 
Again, this is redundant, but we need to ask this question and so you can think about it with your own confinement. What do Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon all have in common? It is this. They were written from a place of captivity. So what are you producing from your place of captivity? And if you're watching this or listening to it, and you are in despair and had the worst time of your life, look, this is no judgment on you. I'm just challenging you that if you're a follower of Christ, that Christ can he can raise you up out of that captivity, out of that being sequestered feeling, out of that exile feeling, and he could actually have you produce something that will bless somebody and help somebody in your season. So I want to encourage you out of, out of that darkness, because we've all felt it, we've all gone through the depression, and maybe you're this is your day of depression. I don't know. But here's the point. God's work in us does not stop during captivity. Just because many of us are shut in at home and some churches are even not able to meet because of some of the restrictions, it doesn't mean that God stopped working. In fact, God can work in captivity more than he can work anywhere else at times. Paul did some of his greatest harm to the kingdom of darkness from his place of confinement. So imagine Paul was traveling nonstop until he was arrested, right? Now he's he can't travel. So how many of us maybe would have said in our own strength, in our own wisdom, well, I guess my purpose is over. I guess I have nothing to live for now. But instead, Paul writes some of his most powerful stuff from prison. So what are you writing from your prison? Think about Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph did his most noble work in prison. What did Joseph write from his captivity? What did he do from his captivity? Years later, when, when God finally vindicated him, he said to his brothers who had kind of gotten him into that mess to begin with, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And that's the way he saw it. He saw it as his his prison experience was not meaningless. All of his suffering was not meaningless because God was behind it, working his greater purposes so that one day he could stand as Pharaoh's right-hand man. Right -hand man. <clears throat> so think about this. Are you looking at your experience just as pain, just as a cessation of your happiness and, and your shopping sprees and your joy? Or are you seeing it that God is working in your life through this? Think about the famous John Bunyan, who wrote the famous Pilgrim's Progress. For 12 years, John Bunyan sat in a Bedford jail. And it was there that he, he did the finest work of his life. Instead of languishing and falling into a pit and just dying, he wrote the book that has been read right next to the Bible for centuries, Pilgrim's Progress. He said, I was at home in prison, and I sat me down and wrote and wrote for joy did make me right. Wow! You can do this if you have Christ, no matter how sequestered you feel. You can produce the most impactful things in your life from your place of confinement. And sometimes for God to work, in fact, He must get us alone. And that's another, another point I want to make today. That before God can do something great with us or in us, sometimes He has to get us alone. The most powerful work that God did in Jacob's life, for instance. It was done when Jacob was alone. Genesis 32, 23 says it like this. Jacob was left alone 
and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. So why does God do that? Why does he have to get us alone sometimes? Because human nature is to hide in a crowd or escape into busyness and craziness and planning and, and projects and all these crazy things. And we can go back and forth, back and forth, making ourselves crazy just to distract ourselves from our pain and from our struggle and from our plight. So God gets us alone so that we can't do much of anything but look to him and trust him and know that he's working in our lives. Jesus did his best work when he was alone. It is said in Matthew 7.33 that of a deaf man, of a, of a deaf and mute man, it says he took him aside in private, away from the crowd. And there he performed this miracle. So could it be that even though God didn't cause the COVID thing, that God is looking to get us alone anyway and use this season to bring us to a place where he can work on us. In fact, Jesus would often drive people out of the room who didn't have faith. He says, hey, you, you guys don't believe. You need to get out of here because I need, I need to heal somebody. I need to do a miracle and you're hindering me. So he would need to get that person alone. So what comes out of divine confinement for you? I want you to notice that when I say divine confinement, I don't mean seeing your, your experience as this negative prison experience where there's no hope. I mean confinement that has been surrendered to God and is being stewarded faithfully. Or you're trying to find God through this, or you're trying to uh, break through for this. And we're going to explore next time that the things that came out of those four letters that Paul wrote, and we're going to talk about what God did through through these these four letters, through through these four letters that Paul wrote, and what God said through these four letters through Paul and to Paul, and what God said through Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and Philemon, how God used Paul from that place of confinement to be able to to have Paul uh, do what God is calling him to do. And so until next time, I, I just want to thank you for listening, and it's so good to to start out, start out this new year with, with just maybe some encouragement because we're still in the season and it's, it's still kind of undulating back and forth. And uh, I want you to, you know, if, if you find value in this broadcast, please uh, like us on, on Facebook and on YouTube and, and subscribe to the channel. It'll be a great blessing. And uh, so until next time, may God be with you. God bless.